Hello, Sexy Sunday. It's the best day of the week because I get to share a convo with you about sex, relationships, and being the most free and confident version of yourself. I'm big on making my own rules and normalizing these kinds of conversations because I believe that the more we talk about it, the better sex we're all gonna have because we'll be more educated and hornier. We walk around and hardly broach this topic in our normal lives, but I'm trying to change that. This is storytelling that's entertaining as hell, that will leave you laughing and gasping, introducing ideas that'll change you and break you open to celebrating your sexy self. Come with a curious head and brave heart, and let's play. I'm Bonnie Weeks, and this is gonna be fun. The podcast you're about to listen to is from a series called Let's Talk About Sex. The series was originally hosted on my other podcast, Yoga Strong, The Practice of Paying Attention, where I began to realize that in the definition of yoga being the practice of paying attention, that I really can talk about anything. And I wanted to start having these conversations around sex. That's how this current podcast was born, was because I started to do this series as a monthly thing with my friend Taylor. So bringing those podcasts here to allow you to enjoy them again or enjoy them for the first time. Welcome. This is another episode of Let's Talk About Sex with Taylor. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you. We're pretty excited today. I was just going to say, why are we like slightly singing? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Have you ever had those times where you like sing words? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes my family is like, what are you doing, mom? (laughs) Like, well, you know what? This is this what it is. But, you know, we're, we're excited today. We're happy to be here with you if you are listening. Well, you are listening if, if you're hearing us. So <laughs> that was weird. You're welcome. Uh, today, we have a conversation that we're excited to bring to you. And recently on Instagram, I have been sharing some polls and questions within my stories on social media. If you're not on social media, totally fine. This is going to be very applicable, this whole conversation, um, possibly, possibly applicable. Um, but uh, it's been really fun to have some feedback and Taylor and I have both been having really amazing conversations. People who have been listening to specifically these episodes that we are doing monthly and the impact that uh, is having on people's conversations within their own relationships, um, the freedom that people are feeling to explore, and maybe possibly even literally more tools, uh, as in uh, objects, sex toys that we've talked about that have been helpful for some of that exploration too. Yeah, Taylor, we want to say anything about that? Oh, um, I just want to say thank you for every single person that has sent like a message or shared feedback or anything around this. Like our one intention was that we really wanted this to be a conversation, not just between you and I, but with those who are listening. And I feel like it's a conversation. I feel like I'm connecting with people that I've never met before. I feel like I'm learning from people that I've never met before. Um, And 
to me, that's what normalizing a conversation looks like. So I just want to say thank you. Like if you have expressed anything and you've put yourself in that realm of vulnerability to share with us, I appreciate it so very much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Just thank you for showing up and for being here with us. And our, our conversations where we've just talked really real for a long time have been a lot of fun. And it's been something that has grown into into this podcast. And I think Taylor and I both come away sometimes and we're like, Oh, okay, we're sharing these things now. But it feels easy. And it feels really powerful for our, our lives and um, to be able to say words. And I think a, a big piece about sharing words and, and hearing words from from people who respond to us is and I feel like I've I've talked about this in, in other times as well, but when you say things out loud, they don't own you anymore. Mm-hmm. And in some ways having this, you know, I feel like all of our conversations are Marco Polo or whatever. It's talk therapy. This is where we set things down and you can see it and you kind of like, oh, okay, I, I can hear the way that that sounds. There's another person's even reaction or support or just listening, just listening to it. And Sometimes it is just giving things air that makes them be less powerful, less scary, or maybe more powerful. Yep. Yeah. I think back to, I think it was the very first podcast we did. And you said giving air to words. Gibby, what did you say? Do you remember when you said that? Um, no, I don't. I, don't <laughs> <know> I, do. <laughs> I mean, but if you give, if I just think that that it can be really impactful to help move you forward. And I know that I was thinking about this a little bit earlier and yeah. And yesterday I was thinking about this where a couple years ago I would be in situations with friends and close friends that I've known for years. And, you know, for a couple of years, there's, there was several families and we would take a weekend trip with all the kids it hasn't happened for a bit now. Um, but I remember in those times that the conversation would around me sharing my own thoughts, feelings, or stories would be when I was going to say something or sort of say something, some of them would be like, wait, shh, shh Bonnie's going to say mm. something now. And that was where I was. And I think I had this fear and I, I, and I would say this and, and so they would like shush everybody so that I would say something, which is so interesting to me and be like the journey from there to here is, is pretty immense. And I remember saying even out loud at that time that I, I'm like, well, I just don't want to say something that misrepresents myself that can be taken in the wrong way. And is it really what I think? Or, you know, just feeling a lot of fear actually around things and uh, around what I would say or how I'd be perceived. And it's in such little growth pieces that then, you know, now I'm here and and we're having conversation around sex for anybody in the world to listen to. <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's a big jump. From, it is a big jump, yeah. Uh, and that, and that I think for me and my own personal journey of being able to share that it it makes it so it's it, it comes one step at a time. First of all, <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not from point A to point M or whatever. Uh or point O, we should do point O. Yeah. yeah. I was like, should we change that? 
but uh, I think the impact that it's had on my life and on the freedom that I feel and on the fearlessness that I can tap into now has been really great in, in saying, actually, if I say things out loud, it doesn't mean that those things own me. It actually means that I, I can just own them and we're just going to like play. Like we're going to play with words. Yeah. We're going to play with his feelings. And I think approaching, that's how I kind of approach everything. I'm like, let's play with this. Let's experiment with this. Let's say this out loud. Like, like the holding in my body, I can feel it when I'm holding shit in my body mm. and like my chest, like I'm like, set that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Set it down. And does not mean it has to be permanent? Like exactly to kind of share or piggyback on what you were saying is like, that fear of like, okay, what are people going to think of me? Or is this how they're going to associate with me? And it's like, it doesn't mean that we're permanent. What we say, like as humans, we're always evolving and we're ever evolving and we're always shifting and changing. And, um, and I think when we are vulnerable enough to say stuff out loud, we're, we're opening ourselves up to learn and to unlearn. And so if we say something that may not land with somebody, we have an opportunity to grow and expand and I just think there's so much beauty in setting things down and sharing openly. But like you said, it's like a step-by-step process. Like, I mean, I can think back to like 10 years ago. And if you would have been like, oh, you're going to be in your office having a conversation with this woman all about sex for everyone to listen to. I'd be like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do I want to go down that road? <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, really? Am I? <laughs> yeah, I think it is also a, a deep listening that we have to do to each other, which, you know, works well within where we're going today. But, you know, this kind of like this uh, trust that we kind of have to almost give people the beginning of knowing them. We're like, okay, this person you know, let's, let's like, let there be space enough for people to explore uh, with each other and to not put labels on each other before we listen. Mm -hmm. And in, in talking about sex, that can be really kind of scary for a lot of people. It's might, depending on how you grew up or the people around you, the friends that you around you, the jokes that you might've heard. Um, there's, a lot of different reasons why why people or individuals can be fearful of of saying things and to really ask more questions for each other and to listen is is gonna be the party. I'm here for the party. Okay, we're here. Let's party. Let's okay. Do it. So, <laughs> so thank you, thank you for sharing. Yes, yes, thank you yes. for sharing. You know, I, I guess I'll say one more thing. It is I had a message yesterday from somebody who was asking about a certain sex topic, and I responded with I think two sentences and had zero answers that I was giving. I think one of them was even a question, and the person responded back with oh, wow, like, actually, this has totally just even this couple sentences we've exchanged has given me a new perspective. And like, I'm not as worried about where I'm going with this, you know, and yeah. around that, that particular subject. And I think it's just that like, I think we're really just here to explore and have fun conversations and ways that we, you know, crack things open a little bit so then we can explore. Exactly. So today, today we are going to talk about orgasms 
and squirting. So my first question for you, Taylor. Yes. Is <laughs> you're like, I have not been prepped for this. I know. All of a sudden I'm like, and I'm sweating. No, I'm just <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, my first question is how loud do you think you are? Oh, uh, um, Oh God, that is such a good question. I feel like it depends. Honestly, I feel like it depends upon the situation. And I feel like I'm probably medium. I'm not a, I'm not a like loud. I'm not super loud. Um, I kind of, I kind of hover at this like medium. I feel like it's like a hum that I, I usually hover at. And I like to talk a lot when I'm, especially when I'm reaching orgasm. Mm. Um, but it's not like a loud, it's more of this, like, I feel like my level, my volume level meets the intensity of what I'm feeling. So like, mm. there's like, as I'm reaching like that climax, there's this low hum that like anticipation that literally fills your whole body where you're just like, Oh God, Oh God. Like, it's like this, like, yes. like emanating from like the core out to the skin. Um, and so I feel like my voice kind of matches that. So I would say I start at like a, a, a medium, but I don't ever really get too loud. Actually. I, I don't. And I don't know if that's just, um, <clears throat> God, now they think about, it. I've actually never been asked that question before. Um, so I'm like dissecting it. I'm like, wow, am I holding myself back? Am I, <laughs> um, have you ever been tr- experimented with being really loud on purpose? I would say one probably. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have. Um, when I would say my partner and I first started dating, we went camping and he talks a lot and tends to be louder than me. Um, and so the campsite down the road heard us and they were like mimicking what he was saying and like laughing. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And because it was pretty funny what he was saying. (laughs) Um, I don't have his permission to share that, so I won't. But um, so I think I joined in at the fun to, to, you know, just to want to make it fun to kind of like play into this other campsites energy, um, but also just to experiment, like you said. and it was okay. Like, I don't really feel like I need to be super loud. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and I like that, you know, and it's not that there's a feeling, a need to be it, but just like, what is, I don't know, what is, what do you feel like is your standard? Because some people I think are very quiet. Yes. Some people are very loud and there could be all sorts of in between. And yeah, so it just, that's different. And, and like, I really like how you said it feels like this hum from the middle of your body and emanating out. And I was like, Oh, I could just like, I don't know. I have this visual of my skin just being like, like that, that vibrate, you know, if you see a drum, like, yes. Well, and that's what it feels like. I mean, I work with sound a lot, so I visualize like sound waves and that's what it feels like. I always know, like when I'm 
on the path to orgasm, I get this like slight little twinge in the lower part of my back. Mm. And it's like this like secret sensation. I don't know why it, it, it starts there, but um, it starts there. And it's like that point I'm like, Ooh, okay. I'm like on the path. Like this is, I know, you know, over time I will eventually, if I follow this path long enough, like reach my orgasm. Um, and it, so that's why I feel like for me, it starts from that center. I get that little like ooh, twinge and it's like, here we go. And then it just like ruminates like, yeah, like a drum. Like if you, um, or like if you were to put sand on top of a surface and like vibrate it, you know how you could like see yeah. it just totally like humming at the surface. And then it expands all the way out to like my skin and my fingers. And there's times where I'll literally like clench my toes and like wrap my fingers up oh, yeah. sometimes if it's like, oh, and it's just like it yep. goes yep. from middle to end. And then it's like in explosion where I feel like the sand just flies all over the room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> right. Yes. That's that. amazing. Like this curl in this curl in, it's like this intense focus. And all of a sudden you're like, Phew. yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great visual. This is really good. Mm. This is really good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> you know, I, and two thoughts that I'm having one, having some sort of practice where, you know, both of us as yoga teachers as well. And you're a doula, you know, like there's these body kind of experiences where we're really paying attention to our body. I feel like practices where you're really paying attention to how your body is feeling in moments where there's enough stillness and movement together. It, it aids, it aids sensual experiences Mm -hmm. to then say, Oh, there's a twinge right in my low back. Right. Like it's very small, but that embodiment that you're practicing, you know, not in sex, but in in these other experiences where they're also sensual, we're using our senses Mm -hmm. that that carries over in all places. So absolutely. I think we, you and I talk about that all the time in conversation is just those movement body practitioners, how there is just that connection. Um, and I think for me, like stepping on my yoga mat, it's the one time that I can get out of like the analytical and I'm really in my body. Um, I always say like, I'm out of my head space and into my heart space. And I feel like that is very similar to how I am in bed. Um, if I am very much in my head and I'm overthinking things like to be truthful, it's going to be really hard for me to achieve an orgasm. You know, even if the person I'm with is doing everything like that I've asked or everything, you know, like it's, if I'm in my headspace, um, and so I think being able to know what keeps me in my headspace or how I can make that transition easier for myself is really powerful because there are moments where I can, I have been in, you know, an intimate situation with a person and I'm like, Oh, I'm in my head. Like I can, I know this feeling I am in my head. How can I, what are the tools that I know I have to, to feel my body, to feel into this space, to feel the sheets underneath me, you know, like I'll go into that kind of thing. Like I'll even take my hands and like rub the sheets between my fingers and be like, Oh, this feels like, yes, this is my body. Like, this is what it feels like for my fingertips to cross the sheets. Like, this is what it feels like. I'll, I'll notice the way the person's skin feels on my skin, you know, like this is what it feels like so that I can, I can be present for that. 
Oh, that's such a useful tool. So I think it doesn't, regardless of, you know, what gender identity and sexual preference anybody has, like all of us have this experience where we have a brain yeah, <laughs> and a yeah. body. And, and sometimes we're like, wow, everything's clicking. We're in the mood. The rest of the world disappears. And we're like in that experience. And then other times, like myself included, I'm like, okay, be here, be here, be here. Where is my brain? Why am I thinking about X, Y, Z right now? Like yeah. present. And the tool then be like, how do you pull yourself into the present? Because oftentimes when our brain is talking, it's thinking about past things or thinking about things to do. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there could be those situations. It could also be thinking if it's maybe a mismatch with that person, then it's like, okay, why am I with this person? Make sure you're saying yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like there could be that situation. Mm-hmm. But in general, like if you're really choosing to be there, how do you pull yourself into the present? And I like those examples. I remember hearing once a long time ago that, you know, to thinking about, um, thinking about one body part and so in the way that it's being stimulated and to really focus in all your energy and thought there like and visualize that mm-hmm. and I know sometimes for me in like in masturbation it might be that as well where I visualize my body parts and and focus on those you know there might be other fantasy involved in that as well but that's fine too um, but in like kind of a sexual interaction with another person that like what is being, what is feeling sensation? So whether that's like fingers on the sheets, whether it's like some body parts touching in some other way with other person that those can be, that can be a tool to pull into the present. And I know that's been helpful for me when I'm in those situations as well. Yeah. And just knowing that ahead of time, you know, is yeah. such a beautiful thing to kind of, um, have, I don't, I, I'm the word power is coming to mind right now, but just, I would say like the power of your own orgasm, if you will, the power of your own Mm -hmm. sexual experience, um, rather than relying on your partner to like pull you out of that headspace or, you know, like putting that pressure on them to do something different or whatever, just kind of acknowledging in that moment, like I have the ability I have the power, I have the strength, I have that toolbox to be able to pull myself into this into this situation. Like you said earlier, if you are choosing that this is the right person to be with. Right. Otherwise, stop having sex with them. <laughs> yeah, otherwise say no and leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that the, the whole orgasm experience or pleasure experience your own. And I think normalizing that conversation to say, all of us are in our heads sometimes doesn't matter what partner you're ever with. And some, I, I, you know, I've, I've had some conversations with some men who it's, it's not, I think some, and, and where there's some frustration for some men where they think that it should be really easy for them to get hard. Mm -hmm. And to stay hard and they can be 100% attracted to the person they're with and they just like, they can't get hard. Yeah. And they're either they're in their head or they're feeling stressed. There's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why libido hardness, like there could be, that can be a diet thing that can be alcohol. That could be uh, breathing. 
like there's a thing with breathing nitric oxide. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of, you know, different situations and, and this idea that all of us have to orgasm or our brains are all in the right places and to, is not, is not accurate. Like there's, there's such a variety of ways that we show up and, and, um, I don't know, just kind of normalizing that conversation and being like, Hey, and can you communicate even it? be like, I'm feeling really in my head. So let's slow down. I want to like, would you do this so I can, and I will really, I would really like to focus on this. Right. Or, or the sensation, right? Like how do you, mm-hmm. how do you have this sensation moment and maybe pull the pressure off of orgasm, pull the pressure off penetration, pull the pressure off these things and be like, let's just slow down and enjoy each other's bodies for a minute. Like I'm, I have, I realize I'm realizing that I'm, my headspace is a different place and I would like to really be here with you. Right. And, oh, and absolutely. That, like, I think that's really hot. Like that honesty is so sexy. And it can, so I'll share a story that relates perfectly to this. The first time I was, um, and I've shared this story multiple times, so I'm not sharing a story out of permission. Um, but with my current partner, like when we first got together, it was that like crazy, like overflowing emotions. And, um, when we first were going to have sex together, he could not get it up and, or get hard. I should say, I like that better. Um, and we had a conversation and he was just like, everything has felt so amazing with you and everything feels so amazing with you and it's almost too big and it's almost like it was too there was like you were saying there was this pressure on sex to be so amazing and he was like and what if it's not because we all know that sometimes the first time you're with a person it can be kind of like interesting and new and it's with a brand new person, like a brand new body. Um, you're exploring that person's needs, desires, wants, and likes and dislikes. And so it's exploratory and it's interesting, you know? And so there was this like pressure that he felt that it had to be perfect. And if it wasn't, then I would leave and I would just be over the whole scenario. But it was that communication. And I I mean, this was 17, 18 years ago. So I'm like blown away that we were able to have that communication. Um, and, and it ended up working out wonderfully. So, but just, I think there is this um, pressure, I want to say, towards um, humans who are penis owning humans, that they can just get it hard right away, like in a second. And I love the idea that like both parties could possibly be coming with their own emotional fears and um, concerns, which impacts how they show up physically. Yes. Yes. And well, they abs- and we all absolutely are those fears, concerns, the stories in our head, shame that people might be feeling, uh, the acceptance that people want, you know, there's, there's so, there's so many things. And, you know, we, <laughs> we have to, you know, our, our brains are so much connected to the rest of our body. And so having that, those conversations makes our logical part of our brains be able to be like, Oh, okay, great. Cause the, the creative side of our brain and the logical side of our brain are different, but the creative side of our brain is connected to our sexual energy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and yes. so, 
there has to be this balance between the two of like, okay, can this logical brain kind of be satisfied? So this creative side of my brain, this sexual power, this, this creation side can like come on board. And it's, I think it's that the equilibrium, right? It's like this form and the flow together that both make that accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really like this idea of, I don't know, I think that story is a perfect example of, you know, taking ownership of our own orgasm yep. and the idea that, like when we come to experience, somebody else has no idea who we are <laughs> or, yeah. or what our body likes and where you like to be touched. And, you know, I, for me, it has been a newer thing for me to realize that there's a lot of men that I've been with who like nipple stimulation. Mm-hmm. And that's never anything that I ever considered. Like, I was like, okay, well, a woman, you know, there's, there's boobs, like men like boobs and women like their nipples stimulated. Right. But I I didn't ever like translate that to a dude. And then in my experience, my personal experience, then to have that be a thing I'm, and with, with more than one person that, um, I'm like, oh, oh. And it really actually was a, a definitely a learning, unlearning, relearning for me where I'm like, this isn't uh, a female thing. Mm-hmm. This is just a body thing. A body and, thing. Yeah. And I, but I always thought of it actually as a female thing. And some men that actually helps them get to orgasm if their nipples are stimulated, just like it does for some women. Yeah. Or some, you know, depending on your gender, like what, regardless of your gender, like depending on like whoever you are in the world, like that can be helpful. And for me in my own gender binary kind of learning, that's something that I have unlearned. I think there's a lot of gender assumptions placed out there um, that I think it would be so interesting to kind of talk about and dissect. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, like, oh, it's so much easier for men to have an orgasm. Um, I've heard that. It's yeah. also on the same side, you know, it's so difficult for women to have orgasms. Um, but I don't Is know. The, are either of those actually exactly, true? Exactly. <laughs> are either of those actually true? Um, or is this just, I read somewhere um, on social media the other day, it was like a tweet or something where just some he identified as a man and he was like, Hey, you know, if it takes women so long to have an orgasm, perhaps maybe they weren't biologically designed to have them in the first place. And, you know, my first instinct when I read that was like, where was the communication in this relation or in any of your sexual relationships? Like, were you just going in, you know, like to achieve an orgasm within a certain time frame, and if it didn't, if that person didn't meet your time frame, then oh, sorry, biologically they're not meant to have orgasms. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like I think our our the biases that we bring with us are really important um, to, especially right now, to name to say like, okay, is that really true that it's it's easier for men to have an orgasm, or is it? I disagree. Um, 
I disagree that it's hard for all women to have an orgasm. And I think it's just really back to what you kind of started. This is owning our own orgasm. So not relying on another person to give us our orgasm. It's ours. We have the ability to access it at any point. Um, And just getting super clear with ourselves on what we like, what we don't like, and hopefully being able to be in a brave and safe relationship partnership where we can put that on the table and say, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is what I like. So that you're basically being like, Hey, here's all the dots to my orgasm. All you have to do is connect them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's like, we have that power. We can have an orgasm. We'll just like reference this back to the masturbation episode that we did that we have that power to create orgasms for ourselves. So Mm -hmm. we like, what's the point of having a partner then and being like, okay, well, this is a shared experience. This is a different experience to have a partner. And also we have, we, we have this experience with our own body, so we can just share this and it has to be. And I think this is, again, like, this is the mindset of like, what's the mindset of this? Like what's Mm -hmm. the intention and can it be done playfully to be like, can I help somebody else get me to this place? Ooh, this is an interesting task to be like, how do I say these words in a way that makes it make sense? And how do Mm -hmm. I relax enough to, to just be on the ride of this? Yeah. It's not like, I think we said this somewhere. It's not your partner's job to know all your things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm, Yes. It's just vulnerability, trust. Yeah. Vulnerability and trust. And, you know, I, I had this conversation with, and we've had some, some feedback actually from that masturbation episode where, and just the other day for, for me, where somebody said that, you know, nine out of 10 times they will finish themselves first they'll like mm. be in this sexual interaction with another person and then they will stimulate themselves and orgasm and then they'll have penetrative sex and like so their their partner then will will orgasm and this idea of toys in the bedroom and the invitation to use tools if that's something that helps you and and that experience of masturbation in front of another partner is is like a whole topic where um you know i think part of it is you know feeling safety and trust in yourself mm-hmm. and then feeling that with the other person and then having that again that playfulness between the two to be like oh okay let's use a tool <laughs> and to be able to relax relax in that situation and be like oh, okay right <laughs> yeah and there's uh on the instagram the yoni empire uh she she put a post out there about um <laughs> she called out she's like you know if we all just actually let ourselves masturbate in front of a partner like i think her i saw that her reference was, we're going to look like floppy sardines. Yep. I saw that. I laughed so hard. I was like, that was the best post ever because I laughed because I was like, oh my gosh, I think I look like a floppy sardine. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of vulnerability that happens in that. And, but like allow it be part of the play. I mean, sex is messy. You know, I, I put a, a, a story out about 
um, being eaten out and yes. you know, we'll have to do a whole podcast on, on oral, but about being eaten out from behind mm-hmm. uh, as, as a vagina owner. And, uh, you know, some people are like, Oh man, your nose is like really close to your anus. Yeah. And then I had another comment. So that was one person's comment. And then another person commented and said, yeah. And they're like, actually, you know, they, they of course didn't see the prior comment and they said, I really like this because then the nose tickles my anus. Oh yes. So these are like opposite (laughs) suggestions. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so everybody has their own preference where it's like, okay, okay. Um, (laughs) And to challenge that even further, like to say the vulva owner is thinking like, oh my gosh, my partner's in this position, their nose is so close to my anus. Even getting curious and being like, do you like this? Like as the, as a person who's giving, you know, like, just like, oh, do you like, because clearly they might like that. And that might, not always, but that might shed a belief system as the person receiving being like, wow, they really like this. Like what I need to let go of this idea that they don't like it. Um, because I think anal play can be really fun and some people like it. They just don't, there's some kind of weird stigma around it, I think. Right. Um, and so just being open and honest and being like, Hey, this feels really good for me, but I'm kind of concerned because your nose is right by my butt. Like, is that, <laughs> like, is that okay for you? And if they're like, Oh yeah, like I actually enjoy that. Maybe you might lean into it or maybe you're just a hard no and be like, I don't want your nose near my butt. Like that's cool too. Yeah. But I love the idea of like you and I always speak about any topic, like always asking those questions, always asking those questions. And, um, you never know. And okay. I'm going to, I'll give you a story for this one that I haven't thought of for a bit, but one of the things that started me a couple of years ago in convert, like having conversations with my partner. So if, you know, I've heard feedback from some people that these conversations, this podcast has spurred conversations with their partner, which like does something big to me in a way of gratitude, because, you know, for me and my story, I, I would pick up occasionally a women's health magazine, and it would be especially on a road trip. And the Women's Health magazines have a variety of topics, but there's usually always some sex topics in it. And having come from my conservative Mormon background, there wasn't very much conversation around sex in my house or with friends or church or, you know, all the things, right? And so I would read these and it'd be especially then in the car and car trips. I mean, I would... Uh, I start asking questions and I'd be like, Hey, I'm reading this. Right. So then mm-hmm. it's not like it's coming from me. So it feels like it's a different kind of situation. Like, Oh, I heard this or here's this, I'm reading this. What do you think about this? And talking to my partner then and, and having these conversations is really interesting, but you know, in regards to, uh, anuses, then there, they were, there was something I had read about, you know, some articles saying, I don't, I don't remember what the exact article was, but, the conversation then turned into me sharing how <laughs> I guess you're going there. We're going here. We're already here. We're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> me sharing how I was like, actually I, I do enjoy stimulation on my anus and that it is, and that I have realized it, even if I haven't said it, um, mm. because when, when a, when balls, when balls mm-hmm. hit my, but I was like, oh, that feels good. And mm-hmm. that's nothing 
that I said out loud before, but it was because of this article and talking about anal stimulation that is like, actually, this feels really good for me. So then it became a tool then that like that conversation became a tool to then have further exploration where I'm like, actually, I really like your balls against my ass. Yeah. And, and being honest with that. And then, you know, my partner being like, oh, okay. So there, there's something there. And I had thought that for so long, but I don't know why I didn't say that, you know, and I think that's really interesting. And then, but then I to almost feel like I had the permission because I read it. So I could say it out loud and I kind of owned it and it felt really powerful to own that, even though it was a small thing. And, and, you know, like you say, like where it's such a private space and talking about sex seems like a private space, yet it's so common. So like, it's an interesting push and pull. Yeah. Oh, I've, I mean, I agree with this hundred percent around this reluctancy and I don't, I don't even know how to name it, but kind of a, a hesitation and maybe not so much now, but maybe I think when you and I were probably in our twenties, but this reluctancy to say out loud that we liked anal stimulation. Um, and I'm not sure where that came from. And I'm not sure if it's just with, you know, people who identify as women, if that is the same thing with those who identify as males, um, or those who are non-binary, but I would be curious if you're listening just to, to share, if you've ever had that experience where you enjoyed anal stimulation, but there was some kind of like stigma or societal, like, um, pressure that that wasn't. Or, or is it even just like anatomically, because that's where we poop, you know, like wh- what was it? Cause I remember the first time that I was with a person and they, you know, explored that area with their fingers. And I was like, Whoa, like, and in my, it felt so good in my body. Like, so my body was like, yes, please. Yeah. And my mind was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Is this gross? Is this like, my mind was like, <laughs> do they really want to be doing this? Yes. Yeah. Like, do they want to be doing this? Do I want to be doing this? Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I mean, all the questions that were like, but running then also keep brain. doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> Like the creative part of my brain was like, oh, we're on board for this. My body was saying, yes, we're on board for this. But then like the analytical part of my brain was like, like, I imagine like a little person like running around freaking out in my brain being like, what do we do? Um, <laughs> I want to stand out of the room, but yeah. <laughs> she likes this, but we don't know what to do. Um, it's visual. These little people in your brain are great. <laughs> right. I know. And And then it just kind of literally unfolded. Like the person just kept going. And I was like, I had amazing fucking orgasm. Like it blew my mind. And afterwards I was like, um, was that okay? Like almost this like shy sheepish, like, was that okay? Like, you know, like, do you have poo on your finger? Like, you know, that was like, I mean, not Uh to be like weird, but that was a question that was, I was just naive to that part of the body. Um, And And that happens too, you know, like putting that out there too. Like if you are into anal play, that's bound to happen. Um, And that's okay. Right. Well, sex is messy. Fluids are Exactly. There's fluids, there's things and... There's sweat, there's... I mean, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let's let's, let's jump right into... Like we're here talking about... I didn't know we were going to... Apparently we're talking about anal today. So... (laughs) (laughs) But it works well because... Let's go to talking about squirting. 
Okay. Oh, yes. This goes, yeah. yeah. It goes well with this. So this is part of our conversation today because, and, and we can speak directly to like, let's, let's stay, let's stay with the anus for a moment. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you have to be well lubricated for this, right? So the, the idea is, okay, let's, let's go to anatomy lesson here for a moment. So anus, vagina. So let's just back up for a sec. So if we go to anatomy lesson, be like, okay, what is squirting? What the hell is squirting? And we've had lots of, of conversations around squirting and people thinking, I, I don't know if I have, or I want to, but I don't know more, or is it even possible for me? And I think that it is, I personally think it is more possible for more people than they realize. Yes. And- I, I want to say that real quick. There is a story yeah. going around and I've heard it since I was like, you know, in my teens that only certain women or vulva owners could squirt. Like it was like something you were born with. Either you had the ability or it wasn't there. And so I love that somebody asked that. Like, I I want to, but can I? Because um, that's some, a, a story that lives out there that it's like, oh, oh, you, ha- you, you were with the person that she can do that. Like, it's like the ability, like, oh. Right, right. Keep going. And there's going to be, and, and so I guess I'll preface this again. I, I know I've talked about this on other episodes, but there's a, a female owned toy store here called Shebop in Portland and they offer online classes. And I took a vulva class with uh, the, one of the, their instructors that was fantastic and they have more classes so you can look them up. And this one was, they, we ended up talking about squirting as well. And it was, it was fascinating because there are, there are some people who might not be able to, because the area of your body that is responsible for this, that, that is often called the G spot and, um, is, is around the urethra of your bladder. And so if you think of and bear with me for a minute while we talk about anatomy. So, so you have your bladder, then you have the tube that goes and leads to the hole to go out of your body. And so around that tube, there's, it's like spongy, there's, you know, little body parts around that, but that little tube part inside a female, inside a a vulva owning body is about four centimeters, maybe that's an average so some people's are really short and some people's can be longer and they can also be at different angles because we know that bodies are different. Some people's hips are narrow. Some people's hips are wide. There's body things that sit in different places. So for some people, it might be reachable and some people it might not. Some people, theirs might be really small and others people's could be longer. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to find that spot, which is actually pushing on the sensitive things around that tube are, it, it may or, or may not be tricky. And then for, for people who are penis owners, that area around it's like the urethra of, of a dude is in their penis, but there is a tube still inside their body that leads up to the bladder. And around that part inside their body, their prostate is around there. So that's, it, it, it's the same thing for both a vulva owner and a penis owner, where it's that area around the tube to the bladder. Mm-hmm. 
And so speaking of anus, you know, anal play then is, you know, you have to reach your hand up and then you'd have to find it. So then there's like the, okay, you got to relax enough because the sphincter has to like be relaxed, be able to do that and have lubrication and then be able, you know, so like there's some things with that that are, are one story. And so, you know, I I can't really speak to that as a non-penis owner, but speaking to being a vulva owner and having not squirted in my life until a couple years ago, I, I mean, I didn't even like, it wasn't like it was something I heard or talking about the G spot and be like, what, you know, I don't really know, but having had that experience now, it's totally different than a clitoral orgasm. And, um, and is findable and it's not an arbitrary place, um, but it is up inside. So if you were to take your fingers, like take a finger and stick it inside yourself with your palm facing up towards the ceiling, right. Or up towards your face. And then to reach your hand right inside your, your front, your pubic bone, right. That's in the middle of your pelvis and to reach right behind that, that's going to be where it is very much. So the tube up your vagina and the tube for your pee is right in front of it. Right. So your Mm -hmm. bladder. And so that's the location. That's some anatomy. (laughs) That's going to be the place for that. Now, in order to enjoy any stimulation of that area, there's going to be a couple factors. Like one of those is going to be, you got to be able to play with it. Mm -hmm. Like literally just like, and play as in like, relax, play as in explore and experiment. Like, okay, let's find a little bit of joy here in this experiment of where is G spot on person. Yeah. Have and have patience, (laughs) patience and play with it. And, and, um, and to have some, some trust of that. And, and there's going to be, and sometimes the, uh, the angle of a person's hand, it, I personally think it, I can't with my own hand, can't get my G spot. Like the, the way that my shoulder is, my arm is attached to my shoulder, um, makes it difficult for me to reach my hand down in a certain angle. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, um, this is where a toy can be really useful. And I actually recently got uh, a toy. I will put the link in the show notes. And it is a stainless steel curved toy with that is heavy and has a ball on, like a small ball on one end and a bigger ball on the other end. And so it makes it easy to hold because it has a small ball in it. And because of the weight of it, it is really useful <laughs> for, this, for self-pleasure and I mean let's I mean this is if this is a selling point for this particular toy you're welcome brand of toy yeah. <laughs> that, is that that is the first time that I have like like using that toy is now the first time that I can squirt all by myself and it feels really good and then I have two hands so then if I want to like have that and have my vibrator then like like that mm-hmm. having both clitoral and G spot orgasm at the same time is something I can create for myself. And then to, you know, have a partner be able to use that toy or use their hand is, is going to be another piece of that. Now there's other, I don't know. There's so many things about this, but I'll, I've been talking for a bit. Taylor. Oh, I love it. No, you keep going. I, when you first brought this whole anatomy thing to me a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I remember I was driving in the car and I'm like, I feel like I need to pull over pull my pants down and like, 
I'm, I'm, you know, I love anatomy. I'm mm-hmm. such, so you can keep talking. Don't feel like you're monopolizing. And I also really think that there are people out there listening who are curious about squirting. Cause we, when we presented this conversation, so many people responded with like questions and comments. This is so helpful. Um, like me personally, I've, I cannot reach it myself either. Which is why I'm buying the wand. Like <laughs> when you when we had this conversation out, out, outside the podcast and you were sharing your experience with that wand, I was like, and it's in my cart. Um, and but I have with a partner, and for me, it felt accidental. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like this. How you're describing right now? This um, we are you know, curious and it's playful. It was a very like, Oh, all the stars aligned in that very moment. And I remember just being like, Holy, what the hell? That was amazing. But I think for me having the anatomy portion, and it's just how my brain works. This is why I love like deep anatomy sessions when it comes to teaching yoga, um, having the anatomy, I'm a visual learner. So having that, I'm like, Oh, wow, this is so, I am now more excited to explore that opportunity within myself um because it's I can visualize it so I think this is I know it may feel like you're talking a lot but I'm sure there's so many other listeners out there right now that are be like yes this is amazing this is this is awesome so yeah it's awesome awesome well and I think even you know in some exploration even with the toy um I had a partner who was who was using it. I mean like as I've just done that now a couple times but um even the weight of it going back then towards you know so my the vagina cavity then in front of that is the urethra and then behind mm-hmm. that will be the cavity. yeah having that be even a slight stimulation on the back because of the movement like it it's kind of like all the things which is pretty pretty cool and because of the weight of that particular toy you don't it takes a little bit of it takes much less effort mm-hmm. on this part otherwise like you get a hand there and I'm like I love a hand up me <laughs> like, it's great <laughs> but it is exactly <laughs> yes um, I I agree but I I also am agreeing with you that the first time that happened for me it was accidental as well where I was like what is my body doing? And there's not an end for me. And so like, I think for me, a clitoral orgasm, I'm like, okay, now my body's done unless, unless I'm like, have multiple orgasms in me at that moment, then I'll be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, let's go. Oh, we've got another one. Yeah. Right. But with a, like a G spot orgasm, it doesn't, I don't, I haven't found an end yet. It can just keep going, um, which is great. (laughs) And what I enjoy is like the, like you were saying, the ability to do, to kind of play with both. And yes. that's what I enjoy. Like that ability to kind of like achieve the G spot orgasm, play around with the clitoris, you know, like you can kind of like that one, I, I, I'm assuming I forgive my assumptions, but the person who um, messaged you and said like writing a, orgasm uh, orgasmic wave Mm -hmm. like you have that ability with self-exploration and a little bit of curiosity and to kind of ride this wave yeah yeah Yeah. for sure and you know (laughs) there was there was a time when I was on my kitchen counter where there was like 
<laughs> I remember that being a particular situation where I squirted and um, we were in the kitchen. So it was great. It was easy. It was easy cleanup. Yeah. But I think taking this conversation then to being like, it's, it's messy. Like there is fluid here. And there's a lot of comments about like, well, is this pee? Is what is this? And, and um, a couple things like one, and I actually loved this as a confirmation of, of my, kind of my experience where there are times when I feel like I can orgasm better, just like clitoral orgasm, if my bladder is slightly more full. Oh, 100%. So I have 100%. But I took this Shebop class, I took this vulva class, and I had not said this or anything, but that person, that educator actually said that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a thing. So, and now you're saying it's a thing for you too. So, Yes, it is a thing um, for me. Like, do not, and oftentimes we're like, okay, well, I got to pee first before I have sex. Well, actually, like, don't pee and just, like, it can be easier, which makes sense Mm -hmm. because if you think of, like, okay, the bladder is right there, like, it's going to be more pressure. It's going to be more full. It's it's another pressure point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, to, like, not worry about peeing right before sex. So, that piece of it. And then also, though, for squirting, there can be like this high sense of like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to like pee because if I get G-spot stimulation, like I'm going to pee everywhere. But if you, so then it can be easeful then to say, okay, I'm going to pee right before this. So I don't feel like I'm peeing my bed or kitchen or wherever you're at, right? <laughs> and then even then there's still going to be fluid to come out. If you just went pee, like you're still going to have fluid. So is it part pee? Probably. Yeah. Most people say like, there's some people that would be like, it's all pee. And then like this educator was like, no, it's not. And then the challenge being, especially in this conversation. So what if it is? So what? Yeah. And so what? And you know, I, a personal story then is, is one person I was with. Um, I, you know, in this experience of, of shame actually for a bit where like, I, I really enjoy this. And then, and I had been like G spot stimulated. And then I went down on this person and like tasting, tasting them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is tasting a little bit acidic. And I realized in that moment, I was like, Oh, there was probably more pee than I was planning on like, like there's, there's multiple fluids that we have vaginal fluids, we have pee fluids, you know, whatever, like it's, you're not just peeing though. It's not just pee. Like it's really not. Um, but there, but that is being stimulated. Your urethra is being pushed on. So <laughs> yeah. And I remember in that moment though, like feeling embarrassed mm. and feeling some shame. And it took me a bit to actually get over and to let go again, to really let myself enjoy it. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and then I like felt bad or I don't know what I felt bad, you know, felt bad about like, I, like they were there for it. Yeah. It was my own self. And so like, that's real. That's real because, you know, I don't know. I mean, some people, some people like impede on. So like, that's its own, that's its own sort and, of thing. And but, I think it's like just a story that a lot of us carry with us that, the other person is going to be so grossed out and offended. And, um, and I think, I mean, I feel very fortunate when I was just went away to college, I um, had a group of girlfriends and, um, one of them, she was with a gentleman and had a, her first squirting experience. And I remember she, literally called me and was like, you have to come over. Like you have to come over right now. He had had since left after. And she, 
was mortified, just so embarrassed, like mm. completely. I mean, she'd kicked him out, like straight up was like, bye, like you have to leave. Um, we were what, like 18 or 19 years old. And she was just crying in her bed and was like, I peed all over this van. Cause she was under the assumption that it was just all pee and that she had did something wrong. Like she thought she had lost control of her bladder during yeah. sex. And she was mortified, crying, embarrassed, was like, I'm never going to speak to this person again, like just completely like shutting herself off. And then in retrospect, I'm like what that did for her body. Like she was like almost like sending this message to her body, but her body was just doing what it naturally was going to do. And she's thinking like, this is bad. Like it shut, it shut her off and shut her down. Well, ironically, this person that her partner sent her a message and was just like, that was amazing. That was like so hot. I was into it. Like blah, 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 blah. Please don't feel anything other than like, let's hang out again. Kind of thing. Very, it was very, it was a very nice, respectful, um, voice message. Cause I think at the time it was like cell phones. We didn't even text. It yeah. was like, <laughs> it was an actual voice message. Um, and at that point she, like I watched her move from shame and fear and complete humiliation to acceptance and curiosity. And then we started talking more about what it is. And um, our other friend was um, in nursing school. And I remember she got all like, you know, anatomical on it and we were kind of going through it. But I think that helped me later on in life when it happened to me to, to have this like story that it was okay. And so I think basically all I'm saying is like, let's normalize the conversation. <laughs> totally. And I, I think for me, it has been partners who are like, the more, the better, like this is like, let go. And, and really, I think it's the, you know, has speaking of myself, when I see my, like the partner that I'm with, that, that sexual partner that I'm with, like live into their power. Like, yeah. When I can see and sense them doing what makes them feel mm. like primal and mm -hmm. like in their desire and doing what they want to do and, and being strong in their want and in their motion. And like, it's hot to me. It's like really a turn on to think like, this is them in this, like, yeah, I don't know in this, in this want state of, and they are feeling all the permission to, to be to have the voices, to have the actions, to move their body, to do these things that are making them feel so good. And to be with a partner who is feeling that feels incredible. Amazing. And yeah. so for the flip side of that, that has been the experience, my experience then as I, you know, had this, you know, the situation where I was like, oh my gosh, I just peed and whatever. And then for other people to be like, I'll go like whatever, like as much as you want, like I, I'll just stay here. Like in, and so it's the flip side. So for all of us in, in this sexual pleasure and exploration, seeing each other in, in our own power and owning that and being like, this is what I want. Like that's, that's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, a hundred percent. And I think, uh, yeah. And it is primal. I love the word primal because I feel like it's instinctual. It's intuitive. It's, um, when I hear the word primal, I think literally like the elimination of the brain. It's just the body. It's like, yep. Yep. This is where like, and I'm going to lick my tongue up the sweat that's dripping down you. Yes. Because, (laughs) because it's all pheromones and hormones and smells and, and you're just like, your body can't control it. Your body's just like, right. I mean, I think our body knows our, I trust my body so much if I can get, you know, to listen. And, and in those moments, your body's just like, Oh yes, this is what I want. And I'm gonna, I, I want it. Right. And so for those who are exploring squirting or wanting to explore that, it's like one, it could be like, Oh my gosh, my bed's going to get soaked. I like just, you know, probably TMI. I mean, does anything TMI on this at the point? No, no. <laughs> TMI thing. Actually. Yeah. I was like, I think, I mean, I, I'm anticipating what you're going to share and I'm just like, nah, you're good. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. My bed was so wet. My bed was so wet the last time that I was like, wow, like this is the wettest my bed has ever been. Like, just like, yeah, it was with, it was using this toy and a partner using this toy on me that I had gotten recently. And it was a different level. Like, like for somebody to move their arm and hand, there's a different, you know, there's a fatigue that can come with that. Um, But it doesn't like it it continues to feel good for me. Like I haven't found like the end of that. And so to have this toy and the way I was set up and just like, uh, uh, like you, I, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that, that's all you need to say <laughs> that. And I was like, wow, I, I'm going to have to put a towel down so I can sleep on my bed. And then, you know, mm. you have a comforter that is a waterproof comforter. You strip the bed. It's not yeah. a big deal. And also you could have a towel down ahead of time, like double it up. It's fine. Also, I know that there's such things as absorbent pads that you could use like mm-hmm. for sex where you're like let's just put this down and then you can just be okay with it and and this is why that that conversation with partners and be like like you're cool like I'm just like I don't know like here I am if we're gonna do this like there's gonna be fluids and for them to be like this is what I'm I here want for. and I want to say I just want to name this it may feel like a lot of work, like you're prepping or planning. But I think that it goes back to, to loop back to what we we're saying, it gets you out of the analytical, right? So mm-hmm. exploring squirting, exactly. you're going to really have to relax, like you said, very much when you're speaking to the anatomical, you know, aspect of it. So if you're in any way, shape or form thinking about like, Oh, is this going to make a mess? Like, of course it's going to be wet, right? Or how much, how much am I going to squirt? Um, you know, like all of those, like, um, I, you know, factual kind of concerns, it, it eliminates that. And then you can be fully present in that moment. So yeah. I would encourage if you to take the extra five, 10 minutes to prep your space and make it maybe a ritual, you know, like there's something so fun about ritualistic behavior and, and it could be exciting. Like you could be like prepping your area and like your body is like foreplay, like your body can kind of know like, Ooh, when we do this, like this is going to come be like our body totally leans into ritual. And, you know, I, I, in the invitation to make it playful, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that. And 
I don't know. I guess I want to reiterate that, reemphasize actually, (laughs) (laughs) is that you don't need a toy for this. You don't need any extra equipment for this. Like you um, having somebody else's hand is going to be helpful um, besides your own for this. And then just like that willingness to explore. So you don't need anything more than you have in your house. Use a towel. You don't need to buy anything, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no way that I'm saying that, but you know, there's other things you can do. And, and, you know, it is some of that vulnerability. There might be shame to work through for that. There might be, um, you know, it might be awkward at first and then you're like, oh my gosh, what's happening. And there is a sensation of, of feeling a fullness where you're like, like for me on that brink of squirting of like internal coming, you know, or whatever you want to call it, you know, like when that, that G spot stimulation before I feel that release, like it's intense. Like there's a, there's a good amount of pressure, but good intense. Like it's different mm-hmm. than clitoral orgasm. And oh yeah. Wait, yeah. Different. It, it is. It feels really good. It just like, there is a, a, a feeling that you're going to pee. Like there is that feeling uh, because that's your your part of your body that's being stimulated. So that feeling, that's the only association we have with that body is like, oh, that's the pee feeling. But it's, you're not, but it's not, but you're not like sitting on the toilet and peeing, right? Like, <laughs> like this is, it's different. It's not. So the only relationship we have with that part of our body. Yes. Yes. Go into the bathroom. Yeah. And so it makes sense for us to be thinking that in that moment or to reach that point and pull back. Right. Because that's our experience. And you yeah. know, we've been taught since we were like little that we're not supposed to wet our bed. <laughs> and we've been taught to hold that sensation, right? Like even, I mean, yeah, since we were little, like if you have to go pee and you're not in your bathroom, you hold it, you hold right. it. And so and there's that body's awareness to restrict, to stop, to prevent from moving further. Right. So your body's like, Oh, we're in the bed. We don't pee in the bed stop. Yeah. 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 And then to just be like, actually, I'm not going to hold, I'm just going to let my body do what it's going to do because it's being stimulated in this actually feels good. And then to like, let go and be like, you know what, let's try it. Actually today, body, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. And you might find for yourself, I know for me, there's different, uh, I'll go back to our beginning, there's different modes of, of volume that happen for me, depending on different stimulation. And sometimes it's quiet, sometimes it's loud. And, you know, I think exploration like this, we're like, Oh, what does this body part feel like when it's being touched versus this body part, you know, and this might be one of those situations where you're like, wow, I'm really loud or now I'm really quiet. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even talk because my eyeballs are going to pop out of my head because of, you know, what's happening to me right now. All right. So there <laughs> are lots of different things. <laughs> so many visuals, this podcast. I'm like, <laughs> um, no, for me, I do think that, you know, sometimes I do try to be quiet, but I don't, I have been told that I'm rather loud, which is. That's okay. Only- which is only problematic when A, you're camping, B, you have a yard and your neighbor's yards are really close. But mm, and your neighbor's yards are very close. I, I know. I know. I've, <laughs> I 100% they have heard me. And also, it's also problematic if your children are at home. <laughs> that's okay. Honestly, that's okay. 
I want to concur with that and say that, that like when you originally asked me the question, I was like, I wonder if part of it is because I don't necessarily want and and then I'm like okay but that's a whole nother topic I don't want to go down that right now because I feel like yeah orgasm that's the thing um yeah just that feeling of like do I want my child to hear me have sex and we talk about it all the time like I'm a very open person um we talk about masturbation, all of that stuff. But I think for me, there's a part of, I heard my parents and walked in on my parents far too many times when I was younger. And, um, it wasn't, there was kind of a lot of shame associated around it. Like, not that I was in trouble, but it felt like I was in trouble. Um, and so I feel like I still carry a little bit of that in my body that I'm thinking I don't want to, to perpetuate that feeling to my child. Mm. And was there a conversation after that while you walking your parents? Did they say um, it, it was, sense? yeah, it was, I, it wasn't necessarily from them. It was more from my older siblings. Uh, okay. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe you did that. You're going to be in so much trouble. Like, Oh my God, like the door was closed. Just respect, you know, kind of like it was my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just a like eight year old kid that was like, Oh, I'm gonna go get my parents. Cause I needed them. Um, and I do remember having a conversation with my mom where she came in and was like, this is so normal. This is how, you know, people express love. And, but the seed had already been planted prior to that from my older siblings. So it was like, regardless of what my mother was saying, it was like, she's my mom. She's supposed to comfort me. But my older sibling, this was a dialogue that was in my head, but my older siblings were telling me the truth. Like I just did something wrong. And, and also like by the response of like the parents, like, you know, it was like, my mom jumps off my, you know, my dad, my stepdad at a time. And it's like, Oh, you know, it's like, Oh, here's a kid. (laughs) Um, So it was like this narrative that I was told combined with a what I saw a physical reaction a response from what I walked in on Mm -hmm. and so it was kind of and I do you know and it continued which kind of was um I think a little traumatizing for me as a kid like inappropriate actions I felt were inappropriate that my parents were having when like me and my other sibling were in the room um so I think there is a little bit of that layering to the control of my volume when I know that my child is home yeah no this is good I I think I want to call out for a moment there's a an Instagram account called sex positive underscore families and I really like this actually I'm looking at a post right now that they they put up uh, November 9th that says uh a child walking in while parents are having sex doesn't damage them. Here's how to use it as a teachable moment. And where was that post like 30 years ago? (laughs) Right. And not to say not, you know, like having those conversations and, and making it be kind of normalized in, in some way too. And, um, yeah, there's, there's several, there's several things to go with from there. I think, uh, never heard my parents have sex or walked in on them um my kids <laughs> my kids told me that they heard me yes 
<laughs> I was dying. I was dying. Um, <laughs> my youngest has said, so mom, <laughs> this is at dinner. And I'm like, so mom, um, you remember, how did they start that? You just remember how, I can't remember how, how, how they brought it up, but anyway, some, some way they brought it up and they're like, you know, a couple times ago or mornings ago or weeks ago or whatever it was that there was a morning that we heard you. And I was like, you heard me what? They're like, well, we heard you having sex. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and my other child was like, oh, I had totally forgot about that. <laughs> Why'd you bring it back up? Now it's in my brain again. <laughs> and I was like, well, how'd you know? And they're like, there was these sounds and they started making noises. <laughs> they're like, we know. <laughs> and I was, I just was laughing so hard. And I, because uh, like, like you, you know, we have a lot of these conversations around bodies and around sex and, and, um, and maybe in like, in, it was in the morning and I was like, if I would have known, I would have been more quiet. And, and, um, and I do remember that particular morning. And, uh, I think the difference though, is like what you just said, we have these conversations with our children all the right. time. Well, and, the, and they're actually bringing up to me at dinner time. Yes. And Which is mean you just normalize the conversation, you know, it's like, right. And I was, I, I was on the floor laughing at one point just because they were so funny. And, you know, I think it was such a funny situation to me, whereas my first time where they talked to me. So like, mm-hmm. felt like, and maybe it really was an overreaction, but it was literally just how my body is responding to be like, this is hilarious. The way they were talking about it, the way they were like, you know, just hearing me. And I was like, well, what did you guys do? And they're like, we just looked at each other. And, realized, <laughs> and walked away. Tell each other that like there was something happening in there, and I was like, "Well, what did you do?" And one of my children said, "They they're like, well, if I and like I went downstairs because I felt like I was an invasion of privacy." And I was like, "Okay." And my other child, <laughs> I I know, I know. My other child was like, "I sat there the whole time." <laughs> is amazing to me i'm like yeah you did yeah you did um and and you know later you know uh there's there's a a, one of my sexual partners that they happen to know and they know that i have sex with this person and and this person was gonna come over and um and then it's like it's become this joke where i said i know i'll I'll try to be quiet this time and i told them first time like well guys if i'm being too loud oh when just I say something yeah and i'll be quieter and then like and then i you know several weeks go by and i'm like don't worry i like yell at the stairs i'm like don't worry <laughs> i'll keep it <laughs> time and they're like thanks mom <laughs> <laughs> right? and, and there's something that feels really easy about that being just an easy conversation where well, we can talk about communication. We can talk about boundaries. Mm-hmm. We can talk about honesty and consent. We can talk about kindness and generosity and, and talk about integrity. And we can talk about sex and all of those things kind of being a whole, whole thing, you know? Yeah. I think this is a really good, I think we can take this to another podcast yeah. and go even further. Cause I feel like there's so much yeah, I want to like say about uh, conversations with our children. Yes. Conversations around sex with our children. Cause I think, um, I, I can just imagine so many listeners right now just being like, 
oh my gosh, how do you establish that? Or like, how did that happen? You know, like those questions. That that podcast is coming. I think we said that last time. That podcast is coming. We were going to talk about (laughs) about talking about sex with children. Yeah. And, but specifically having this conversation around orgasm and how we might hold back or not in our voice. And having that voice be very much attached to sometimes our experience. And I know sometimes even for me, even in masturbation, I'll be like, ooh, I'm going to be loud right now. I'm realizing I am loud or not in that. And sometimes I don't have my, my children here in my house. So like that, I can kind of explore that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, and I know there's, there was one time that I, I was, I was, I was high when this was happening, but I love that you say this with like (laughs) hesitation. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I mean, it was high, but it was real. But I remember like my orgasm, I, I have never yelled so loud. And I remember, I remember like, it felt like it was from my gut Mm -hmm. and like I did it two different times this one particular time, you know, and, and just like, I mean, I'm very aware of like that whole situation, but I was like, just slightly high and just like yelling, like, and you know, the person I was with that where they were like, wow, I have never been with that. They're like, that was so fucking powerful. Cause I was like a cave woman. <laughs> it was primal. It was oh, like, it was. I, was like <laughs> I am, uh, I'm on top of you and I am yelling right now. <laughs> and this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, if my kids were there, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So I totally get it in, you know, that exploration of, of voice and, and orgasm and, Yeah. And that's like definitely something to navigate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, yeah, acknowledge that if that feeling and sensation is within you and you have children and you find yourself like holding back, um, that's normal too. You know, just, we all have different lived experiences and, um, very much of our childhood, how we were introduced to sex, um, how the conversation of sex was introduced to us, how the conversation of orgasm, how the conversation of masturbation, how all of that was introduced to us really genuinely shapes how um, we as adults, I think, interact with that. And um, I think having that awareness and just being, again, being so curious and being compassionate and kind with yourself, if any of those feelings come up during any of those experiences and just you know, at another time, getting really curious with where those feelings stem from. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we sign off, I do want to give just a couple minutes to uh, just a little bit more conversation on orgasm in general. Yeah. And I would love to call back, um, just this kind of, uh, response from somebody who had talked about, who had shared with us about their, um, their use of a toy, that we had talked about. Do you want to share that? Yeah. This is a message that I got from somebody who's, um, had listened to the episode on masturbation and, um, this person messaged, uh, we had mentioned the use of a, um, like clitoral vacuum. And I think you put in the show notes, um, you know, a link. And so this person messaged and just said how they were so grateful for that knowledge because it had been years of exploration and really 
according, you know, according to this person, frustration and disappointment and almost shame and sadness around not being able to achieve a, um, orgasm through clitoral stimulation. And a lot of, there was a lot of feelings that were wrapped around it for this person and purchasing this toy, they said they were able to not only reach a climax, but it released so much trauma. Mm. And, um, it was just, I think a really powerful share, um, that, our sexual experiences are so unique and so different. And what we talk about on here is not going to be the same for every single person. And really just getting so curious and asking the questions and um, having that real conversation with yourself. And I think that was really powerful for this person because they really wanted to have that fulfillment and that enjoyment for themselves. Um, it was never in the message that I got, it was never wrapped around a specific partner or another person. It was really just this deep desire to release and to let go and to do that via physical expression. And so being able to have a tool to aid in that, they said was profound. And they were able to release a lot of like physical trauma that I think. Um, and when I say trauma, I don't mean big T. I'm saying like little T um, trauma that was kind of held in their body over the years of not being able to climax, like the shame and the guilt and the fear and all of that, that kind of wrapped up. I do want to be super specific with that. So it wasn't big T, it was little T. Um, yeah, but it was just really such an awesome, vulnerable, powerful share that, um, I guess orgasms just look different for all of us. And yeah. even if you're hearing this and you're listening and we're talking about squirting and orgasming and all this stuff, like our experiences are going to look so different from your experiences. And we're here just to have a conversation and be kind and loving to yourself as you explore finding a different you know, sensation via orgasm or if you're exploring squirting and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And hopefully it's with a, you know, if you're going to, if we're choosing partners to, you know, explore this with, that those people want us to feel good. Mm -hmm. And if the way that you release is with a toy or yourself to help you get there, then, you know, they're going to support you in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes. And I love that you brought that up because sometimes there is shame wrapped around the fact that if we can't have, if we can't reach a climax with a partner. That it's somehow our fault that our body is, yeah, exactly. It's somebody's fault, right? And maybe possibly eliminating the blame game and that it's nobody's fault and that our ability to reach orgasm looks different for every single body and everybody. Yes. Yes. And I guess a quick note, I, I have seen... I've seen the statement go around to dump your vibrators because Ooh, yeah. sensitize yourself. And then, you know, we have this conversation, you know, this feedback from this person saying, Oh my gosh, this liberated me. And after years of not being able to get there. And so this idea that there is a right or a wrong way to stimulate yourself, to have to an achieve an orgasm, whether that's a clitoral orgasm, whether that's a prostate orgasm, whether that's like a G spot orgasm, whether that's a nipple orgasm, whether it's a, I don't know, bite your big toe. orgasm. <laughs> 
<laughs> why are we back to feet again? <laughs> I know, right? Um, that uh, you're not going to desensitize yourself, right? You yes, think about getting a massage. Yeah. Like getting yeah. a massage is, you know, your muscles have like get an effect from that, right? Like if you use like a Theragun, you know, if you yeah. roll yourself out with a foam roller, those, those body parts feel something and then they don't. And that's why we go back and get a massage again. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I, what I love, I think it was a specific sex educator who said this. Um, and I've seen it other places too. Yeah. Um, no, I'm saying what I'm about to say. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, yes, no, but a specific sex educator had said that um, it's not a desensitization that happens. It's like literally a reminder of your body that this is what you can achieve. Yes. Um, when you use different toys or when you use different, you know, experimentations. So it's like the very first time you have an orgasm, right? Like it feels out of this world because it's the very first time you experienced it. So then the second time it's going to feel different because it's not that first time anymore. Um, and it's, I, I liken it to the practice of yoga. Every single time you step on your yoga mat, your practice is not going to look like it did the day before. And it's not going to look like it is tomorrow. Um, it doesn't mean that you're losing feeling or you're losing your, uh, you know, ability to move your body the same way. It just means it's different. And so some days the clitoral vacuum works great for me. And I'm like, boom, in and out. And other days I'm like, Ooh, I'm just not feeling it. I'm going to use my fingers to stimulate me or I'm going to do this. And it doesn't mean I've lost feeling or sensation in my clitoris. It just means that wasn't it for me today. My body was wanting something different. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I guess I appreciate this conversation. I think cause I had heard that for so long that I'm like, Oh, it's desensitizing. Did your vibrators? I mean like, well, I like that. And you can like that and you can like not having a vibrator and you're not hurting yourself. And, and even this one, that one class that I've referenced already, um, I really liked that that educator brought up um, actually, regardless of how you're getting to orgasm, it's telling your body how to orgasm. It's like, yes. You, like the more you do something, the more you're able to do something. That's what. Yeah. So this That's is it. orgasm practice. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is the practice of paying attention to your orgasms. Yeah. On the podcast, and just keep practicing. Right. <laughs> like, hey, does somebody want to practice with me? Yeah. <laughs> this is where. This is, you know, this is what it is and sex as a practice, right? And knowing your body so you can help somebody else know it and help you get to that. And that that's like a play. It's a, it's a movement puzzle, very much like yoga is a movement puzzle. This yep. is like a sensual puzzle. It and, is. And it's fun. This is why we're like, okay, I can do yoga by myself in my room. But you know what's really fun? Doing yoga in a room of people. That's a different Yeah. Part. Or doing acro yoga. Right. Like, right. yeah. It's fun. And, and, you know, there's like... Uh, a whole conversation on like you can have penetration less sex as well, which you really you could say like let's use that as foreplay for a certain amount of time. You'd be like, okay, 20 minutes penetration less, right? Mm-hmm. Or like a whole time of that. And there might be situations in your life that that is the ideal. Yeah. Um, but that that Absolutely. can be something that can build then actually and help our bodies be prepped for, for orgasm um, and for just like and I would even like, I don't know, I even want to challenge myself on that say body not be just prepped for orgasm, just, just like body be prepped for present pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they built that, that complement of logical brain and creative brain and 
you know, if you're a chakra enjoyer kind of conversation, you know, like that <laughs> sacral pelvis, like the pelvis, yep. the center of us, which really, regardless of if you want to talk about chakras, the center of us is our pelvis. Yep. Like up and down. And it is this creative place. It is the womb, uh, the birthplace, right? And so having that be something that's available to us and that that play that we allow ourselves to go into there really does filter over into the rest of our lives. Oh my gosh. I'm like, let's not even talk about chakras. Cause I'm like already right now being like, Oh, and, and, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. 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 And a full body, that full body. And I think I just want to call it back to your experience. Like the, at the beginning where you're like, Oh, my whole body's humming. And then mm-hmm. thinking I had, I heard somebody and they talked about how they kind of visualize their, that sensation, not just like in their vulva or in where yeah. that like pulling that sensation, like how does that sensation feel all the way up to my collarbones? How does that sensation mm-hmm. feel like in my shins? How does it feel? You know, like, can you spread yeah. that sensation and expand that? And, and whether or not that even gets to orgasm and not that even has to just, you know, taking out that, that piece and just, yeah. Just riding that wave, riding mm-hmm. that wave hundred percent. Yeah. <sighs> Okay. I'm feeling, I'm feeling satisfied right now. I do too. I felt like my energy kind of just got grounded and I was like, okay. So like, I feel like we hit the points that, that we committed to. We hit it. We hit hit the spot. We found the spot. (laughs) And (laughs) so, you know, to follow up, (laughs) let us know. If yeah, please. I, I think especially, you know, sharing how that women like women's health magazine was helpful for me and really expanding how I thought about sex, how I was able to communicate about my own pleasure with partners. And we really love to hear how this, you know, podcast may have impacted you and how it maybe ha- is opening up avenues for your own experimentation, your own playfulness, your own willingness to set aside expectation and just be in the present moment. And so we'd love to hear your stories. You're welcome to email us or message us on the gram and your contact info, info is also in the, in the bio or in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And again, just to kind of circle back what we started, thank you for those who have so generously and vulnerably shared their lived experiences and their feedback with us. It is just, it's brought this whole thing to life um, in a way that um, I think you said grateful is, is something that you're feeling right now. And I want to reiterate gratitude is just living in my body right now because for me, connection is just everything, especially right now in the world and the current climate that we're living in. So to be able to have these brave and bold conversations with people is just fulfilling and, and I'm so grateful for it. So thank you for being here, for showing up, for listening, for just being a part of this conversation. Yes. And I, I did make the joke to Taylor the other day, so I'll share it here, but we, you know, just going out with a bang here, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> this is our last episode for 2020 on let's talk about sex and so next time we are together it will be in 2021 yeah and, you know this is a this is a good ride here together and who knows what's coming and that's who knows what's coming <laughs> 
sorry. I'm getting dorky now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, grateful to be on this podcast ride on the Let's Talk About Sex ride. And uh, thank you for your participation and enjoy all the pleasure. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for getting your sexy on with me today. Hearing what you loved, what you learned, or what you're going to share with your lover makes me so damn happy. You can jump on my weekly Sexy Sunday email. You can find that link in the show notes and we can connect through there. And it would super turn me on if you left a rating and review about how much this podcast is giving you life. Until next time. Mwah.